July 28th, uh, realwildwoody.com. People are like, oh, what beers are like? Like, when have you ever been disappointed by a, right. <laughs> a, a, a Arizona Craft Brewers Guild event when, when it comes to beer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Tap That AZ Podcast, brought to you by Arizona Food and Beer. I am on, is it on Southern? New office, right? Yeah, Southern. <laughs> we just started construction next door. <laughs> uh, I'm here with Rob Fulmer, the man of the hour, of the year. Rob? <laughs> I'm executive director of the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild. Yeah, same thing then, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me over again. It's been about, I think, about a year since uh, we did that initial episode. I think, right? Yeah, maybe. I think it was uh, getting ready for Real, Real Wild and Woody last year, too. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, uh, we've talked on and off and um, seen you at events. So I don't know about you. It's kind of sometimes in my life, it's like, did I text that guy? Did I Facebook message? Did yeah. we actually talk? Were we on Slack? <laughs> did I email? Yeah. Um, it's crazy. It is true. Because there are times where I'm like, oh, yeah, we've met, right? And they're like, no. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just follow <laughs> you on Instagram, right? <laughs> so uh, so we're enjoying some uh, beverages here. Uh, Rob, thanks for hooking me up with. I haven't had this yet. The Sarcosicus. I think it's Sarcosuchus. Sarcosuchus. Okay. All right. Imperial IPA from Dragoon. I've been wanting to try this one. So mm-hmm. We'd have to ask Andy Rich if we got that right. Yeah. Dra- Andy, let me know. I think Andy's a listener. Um, uh, so I'm drinking a Tail Chaser IPA from Sleepy Dog. They just redesigned their can, and I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah, um, they did. I like that. They've uh, retooled the brewery over there, and um, um, hopefully we can get back in the tap room soon. Nice. It's still over in uh, in Tempe, over yeah. where it was before? Yeah. Yeah. And what was it, Two Brothers that bought that? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. The beers are good. I like that tail chaser a lot. Um, so what's been going on, man? You've been doing lots of work doing doing what you do, right? Sure. Um, you know, I've been traveling a little bit. Um, been to D.C. Uh, we were uh, there to uh, basically try to renew the excise tax relief uh, package that we got passed with the larger bill um, without getting into all the other um, things on that bill. What it did for us is it lowered the excise tax. It's a tax that only alcohol producers pay. Um uh, before it even sees uh, the shelves, um, it's it's uh, um, it's one of the many taxes that breweries pay. Um, uh, so we, we got that Arizona by, or, or uh, this is federal. Oh, federal. federal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, we we have a state one too, but I'm not going to touch that one because I don't want anyone to raise it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so you know, for most breweries, uh, it, it cut it in half. Um, uh, for the largest breweries, it would literally be a pretty good. Uh, full-time job if, if they wanted to um, devote it to that it might be on the on the midsize it might be extra tap room um, over time or it might be equipment um, I know Lumberyard in particular we uh, had uh, represented the ninth district uh, Arizona uh, representative Kristen Cinema who's running for Senate she came out to Lumberyard um, and they said this is the tank we bought with the just for six months of, of wow. excise tax relief. of what they saved on the taxes exactly wow so um, that's only for two years, and, and we want to extend it um, more indefinitely. Um, I think two years is great. Uh, however, uh, it's not enough time to forwardly project uh, employment necessarily, so you're going to see less full-time jobs based on it, um, as you would if it was indefinite, um, or uh, perhaps you know getting into healthcare or some other longer-term employment program. That's not on the table in two years, because once you give that benefit, it's hard to take that away. 
Gotcha. So, so they're just trying to ease into it. <laughs> sure, sure. And and while we were there, there there, there was uh, uh, the um, uh, tariffs uh, on stainless, which have been backed down slightly uh, to include uh, not to include uh, certain brewing equipment from China, uh, the stainless. Um, however, um, as you might guess, there's a lot of people who don't know what brewing equipment is, so it's just for vats and tanks, whatever that means to to whoever says this <laughs> is tariff and this is not yeah um we, we wanted brew house and all the equipment including you know uh clamps valves um pressure relief valves hatches yeah. you know it's not just a unibody piece that you're buying so um as a result some things are still 25 percent extra for no reason other than than this trade war wow uh, tariff and then on the aluminum side um uh, i think that's 10 percent, and it works out to, to to pennies on a four pack However, you know, these breweries uh, have to order uh, truckloads of, of empty stock, so it does add up. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are people who are taking advantage of the tariffs. Uh, there's something called the Midwest Premium, if you really want to Google that and find out what's going on with that. That is a group of uh, uh, companies uh, that are in the aluminum industry that use that as an index to determine transportation and shipping costs. And it's been pointed out that sometimes they ship to themselves to make it look like they're moving stuff around really? when they're really basically hoarding and raising. So that went up during the tariffs, Yeah, um, that premium. I'm not sure what the, to what extent. So there's some uh, desire from um, the Congress to have some oversight over that. There's always going to be price takers when you have these tax and tariff issues. And so my, my fear is that the very small producers, the ones that have to work together to get a minimum can order, uh, are going to get shut out. Because uh, everything is going to focus back to big beer. That's yeah. my worry. Um, yeah. Access to ingredients, access to market, access to uh, materials is what we're always going to be fighting for. Yeah, you know, and that's one thing. I'm glad you said that because that's one thing that I always thought about when it when it comes to big beer. Right? Is is cutting off those those access to the things that that the brewers need. Either they can't get them, mm-hmm. or they just put them at a, such a price point that the, these small guys can't afford it. Sure, and that's sure. kind of the that's that's a reality, a possibility, I should it's, say. It's a, yeah, and, and um, it's not like a you know um, somebody sitting up in a dark tower pulling levers and flipping switches. <laughs> uh, it's just the nature of that, and and it is really people, some people taking advantage of a situation. Yeah, um, and that's what we want to uh, equalize. Um, you know, I think our independent breweries are behind innovation and keeping styles alive. And uh, I think Big Beer is good at just um, taking something that's that some people like and just ramming it down everyone's throat, um, and that works for a while. I think we need a balance between the two, in my opinion. Yeah. So, so what the things that you do, and, and over the last couple of years since I've I've met you, um, all of the things that you do. I mean, these are. These are, I kind of see you as an unsung hero, right? Because these are things people don't think about this stuff, right? You know, they shouldn't have to. Yeah. But, but, uh, um, you know, you know, whatever I do is, is, uh, uh, is is shaped by the fact that, that, um, I see what these small businesses are doing and, and how they're, um, really making our neighborhoods more relevant and connecting people. And, and so whatever I can do to support that is, is where it's at. The, the, the real star is all these businesses and, and the people who support our industry. Those are the real uh, people that I want to support. And so I, you know, um, uh, you know, it, it, in our, within our industry, there's, there's 50 people who do this, the same job in other States. And, and so we, we sort of support each other in that way. Um, those are the, those are the people that I take the, compliments from because we're all trying to push each other to 
to do better. And if, if, if I make uh, Arizona better and I tell New Mexico how to do that, it doesn't hurt us at all. In fact, it makes yeah. us better. We don't compete that way. Yeah, yeah, that's Cannot. good. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to be afraid that New Mexico lobbyists is going to come in here and screw with my business, you know. Right, right. Um, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah. So so how like how do you guys decide like do you decide as like a like a national organization like a national uh, guild party that so, so that's, what to address? Yeah, that's the yeah. Brewers Association. They are the national okay. organization that many yeah. of our breweries are a part of. And they've been really great at supporting us um, at the last CBC in Nashville. They had banners celebrating state guilds. Um, I was in a picture on one of those giant banners, and so was Paul. It was it was kind of it was kind of that was kind of cool. Um, so they they have their own governing body committee, uh, government affairs. We here in Arizona have our own government affairs committee, um, and um, you know it's it's largely all, all the real work is is just making sure that all of our breweries understand what we're trying to do for them, and, and everyone having an understanding that that. We may not get everything we want all the time. We may not get. Um, uh, we may be addressing things that might seem off in the future, but we're always going to take. Uh, if there's an easy path to a win, we're always going to take that. Yeah. Uh, if it for if it moves the ball forward, we're going to we're going to do that. And um, actually, we have uh, something in the omnibus bill. We've had uh, uh, an opportunity since SB 1030, uh, where we raised the barrel edge cap, and also. Uh, um, uh, where we also um, had the opportunity to um, allow breweries to collaborate with each other. Yeah. Um, before you'd have to do it at both places. Now, um, that's not true. Um, you can uh, brew a beer together, or you can just order beers. Um, so since that bill, um, we've had a lot of small things put on omnibus bills, and there's a lot of things that even breweries and and people who've been in the industry for 20 years didn't realize were out of whack, and one of them is um, something to do with the uh, serving a beer. Um, as you know, if I'm, if you, you know, I'm, I'm coming to uh, your your bar. If it's a new bar, you might not have the piece of equipment that attaches the keg to your system. Okay. A tavern head or a keg coupler is what they call it. Yeah. Um, so if I'm Hensley, if I'm CCD, um, I have those. And I'm just going to throw it on there, and then uh, you're good to go. Yeah. And um, that piece is belongs to the distributor. Um, so if I'm a new brewery and I don't understand or know these things, I might just tap on to Crescent Crown's coupler or uh, Hensley's coupler. Yeah. And it wasn't a big deal per se, um, uh, but as we got new, new breweries, it, it started to become a problem. And um, technically speaking, it was only legal for a distributor to put that on or the retailer itself. So you as the bar owner could obviously buy all these and have them laying around and yeah. everyone's good to go. Um, or the distributor, it was it was technically illegal per uh, some rules that the department put together uh, for a brewery to furnish that because in general there is a prohibition against breweries providing things of value to you because <laughs> what, what they want is they want everyone not to they want the the market to compete without saying like hey I'm this giant big brewery I'm gonna not only am I gonna give you all these tavern heads and keg couplers. I'm going to put in your draft system. I'm going to pay for your refrigeration. Um, so please put my beer on. That's what they don't want oh, to have happen. I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. And, and, and so um, when whenever you come across these like weird things, you have to ask yourself, like, well, if it, the rule wasn't there, who would adva- take advantage of it? Yeah. And how much money would it take? Um, human nature, right? Right. Um, so we are 
we, we, we got that through the uh, omnibus bill. It passed. It should go into effect August 3rd. Uh, it wasn't something that the department was looking at per se, uh, but it was something that we felt we need to address, considering that you know 75% of our breweries are had an exposure to that problem. Um, the uh, head of the department is a political appointee, um, uh, Director Coca, John Coca, former Scottsdale um, police chief. Um, we have great relationship with him. We meet with him once a month along with other industry people that talk about things. But if he's gone and someone else wants to be Johnny Law and Order, then, then we're kind of in a hurt locker. So Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I went through that really quickly. I'll yeah. help you. <laughs> <laughs> I was, well, there's a couple, there was one time I was lost. And I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. No, I, okay, I know what you, I want to say. But it's just those minute things that like they, like on the surface you, you hear it and you're like, that just sounds ridiculous. But like you said, you have to analyze it in the sense of like, well, look on the other side of it. If that's gone, like what, what could be the repercussions of that? Right. Yeah. Right. We we're in a, definitely a flawed system, um, with this, uh, um, so-called three-tier, there are things that are, are backwards uh, but to, to a degree, but it, it has to do with, you know, has to do with prohibition, has to do with the fact that um, the distributors in the in the early days, especially in the in the 50s and 60s and 70s, when, when the beer industry in Arizona was being built, yeah. um, well, those are all mom-and-pop companies. Right. That's not the case anymore. Now yeah. the mom-and-pops are the breweries, more so, yeah. not except for the, the biggest of the big. Um, there are more family-run breweries now than there are distributors. The number of distributors is going down. The number of breweries is going up. So there's going to be some friction along yeah. the way. Um, so we're always trying to work with, uh, communicate with not just the distributors, but we're, we're reaching out to the wine and spirits industry, uh, especially the Arizona wine and spirits. Um, we want to be everybody's friend in that respect. Um, we're, we're, we have some uh, gas with the public right now, and um, we're, we're largely – uh, unified on, on, a, on a few fundamental platform items. And so, you know, we want to raise everybody up, yeah. um, uh, not just Arizona breweries. I, I, I think the most powerful group of people in, in the liquor industry in the future might be the small distilleries. And so we, you know, we want to, we want them to thrive. Why do you say that? Like, why do you think? Liquor? Um, I, I think, um, because of our climate and the volumes that they produce and the, and the margins that they, uh, get up on what they produce, um, uh, there's no shelf life per se. I think yeah, that's really that's true. Yeah. Um, so if you get if you get somebody make, creating a, a homegrown product that doesn't have a shelf life like beer, I think they can have the same fan appeal. Yeah, as as craft beer, um, they don't have to uh, move volumes. They don't have to worry about um, some of the things that the, on the beer side that are just cumbersome. Um, I think um, um, I think they've got great potential if they can if they can really agree to agree. Yeah. Um, I think most of our success is, is in the brewery side is because we uh, we we disagree um, and, and but but for the most part we we've agreed to agree. Yeah, yeah, small things you kind of disagree on, right. but but like as a as a whole, you guys are are really unified, and and I think as young as the beer scene is here, um, I, it's it's one of the more seasoned industries too right beyond wine and and spirits um well the the, the wine the wineries have been around um longer than, than than most of the liquor industry and and um they've uh uh they had their uh, moment when they shaped their legislation and and now that they've got some new models that they're running into some friction and and i mean it all started from wine growers producing wine yeah and now there's a blending thing and 
I know that that you'd have to ask somebody in that industry what exactly are the finer points of what sort of separates them. Um, you know, we have the potential of that problem too. Uh, I mean, we've got some very small producers um, that have just a taproom model. Um, we've got restaurants um, that subsequently have a brewery. Yeah. Um, we've got, you know, a demographic age split in terms of new business versus old businesses. Um, regionally, you know, I mean, you know, everyone thinks that Phoenix is some monolithic uh, group of uh, breweries that decide things. I mean, it's largely not true. Yeah. Um, Everybody wants a piece of the Phoenix market. If you're not here, you want to you want your little share of it be, because it is lucrative. Yeah. Um, so I mean, those are some rough edges, but I, I think um, uh, I think there's enough wisdom that will prevail together. Yeah. Um, you know, the distillery side, I think, because they're growing and because they're fighting a lot of uh, legislative red tape on what they do, then then um, that's where that's what comes from. But we we, we really want to help unite everybody on that on those fronts yeah well and i know a lot of breweries are getting into distilling now you got santan you've got oso grand canyon you know these are you think that they're doing that because like you were saying that's there's those margins are a lot greater um i don't know if i'd say it was that shrewd i think i think uh, on the brewery side i think there are people looking for something else cool to do yeah yeah that's <laughs> uh, true new, yeah. new skill set <laughs> um i also think it comes from a place of hospitality i, I think yeah. I think the you know the people who just have the straight up number three brewery license that can only sell beer and can't sell wine are looking for options. Okay. Um, um, I think it, I think it's also um, broadening the scope of what you do. Um, you know, I, I know uh, people are familiar with Flagstaff Brewing Company. It might not be the darling of the beer world, but that place has been around for 20, 20 plus years, and and and. Um, what I'd tell you about that place is, is it was probably one of the original nano breweries. When people talk about nano breweries, they don't even think about the fact that that was very tiny operation and still is, but they managed to make a business out of it. They've got that amazing patio music, um, great scotch selection, um, coffee place. Um, they're just doing what it takes to survive and, and, and being good hosts and, and being fitting in that very key patio location in Flagstaff. Like yeah. if they didn't do all that, they would be actually selling a lot of people short, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, if they didn't take advantage of what what they could really offer. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I my in laws lived up for there for uh, ten years, and that was our favorite place to go. The patio, I mean, it's not the biggest patio. I mean, it's pretty large, right? But mm-hmm. just just the the foot traffic that goes through there, the the cross section of people, and that whiskey selection is phenomenal too. <laughs> like you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean. Uh, so, you know, um, when we talk about the brewing industry, and it is about the beer on some level, obviously. Um, uh, but to me, it's it's largely hospitality, and um, those are the stories I like anyway. Um, I can talk about beer, too. I, 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 uh, 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 the most interesting thing is, is everything around the beer to me. Yeah, the stories around it and all the... Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, that all that stuff that we just talked about <laughs> yeah. takes takes a little money to run this office, um, just doing fundamental things. And so, you know, one of the things that we have is uh, fundraisers, and yeah. it's not like, you know, the United Way where your, your employer strong arms you into donating. And it's not like, <laughs> you know, it's not like the we're not playing music and showing puppies and um, <laughs> what's that uh, singer's name? Um, oh yeah, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, my kids, that, that comes on and I'm like, turn it, like turn the <laughs> channel. Yeah. Um, what we do do is, 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 um, a, a special set of, of festivals. Uh, there's obviously a ton of festivals, especially this time of year. Uh, not this time of year, actually. 
um, you know what time of year, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> fall and, and spring and, yeah. and, and winter. Um, ours right now is Real Wild and Woody coming up July 28th in the Phoenix Convention Center. If yep. you've been before, it's not in the South Hall. We're in the North Hall. North Hall. Okay. Yeah. It, it used to be in the South Hall? It was in the South Hall. Now it's okay. in the North Hall. Um, the, the outer building is nicer. There's a lot more sh- uh, places to queue up indoors. Okay. Uh, they've got a bigger run inside to, to queue up. Um, once you're in there, you won't recognize it. It looks like a basement, just like <laughs> yeah. just like the other place looked like. <laughs> um, but uh, it's July 28th, uh, realwildwoody.com. We should have our untap list up next week. Uh, if if people, I, people is like, oh, what beers are like? Like, when have you ever been disappointed by a, right. <laughs> a, a, a Arizona Craft Brewers Guild event when, when it comes to beer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get true. it. If you're if you're gonna like triangulate your Every move, that, yeah, maybe like right. a couple of days extra might be helpful to, you know, to um, get your game plan together. But um, we'll have that ready uh, um, uh, soon. Uh, it is a it is a labor of love. Uh, this this festival, despite um, the enormity of being inside and, and and having all these cool things and making it look like more like the outdoors coming in and an exposition or a convention type type of thing. Um, there's a lot of overhead involved, and so we don't we don't really clear a lot of coin on this. Um, but you know, the money that we do goes back to the cause, and and some of the things I laid out uh, are part of that. Um, in addition to, we also the day before um, we have a a, a conference. Um, a uh, it's called AZ BrewCon. Um, it is all day. Um, I think right now, for if you're not in the industry, I think it's $125. It's, it's it includes a continental breakfast, a lunch. Um, we've got some amazing speakers. Uh, we've got um, the Brewers Association diversity ambassador as the keynote. Um, heard her talk before. It is not what you expect. Uh, she's a great speaker, and um, it's not one of these things where we're all doing it wrong. It's just how can we do it better? <laughs> yeah. Um, because I think I think craft beer has been very inviting, and and, and it just. If you like the scene now, imagine how much better it could be if we were way more uh, attractive to some of the people that make up Arizona. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's that would always make us better. Um, Meaning, like, it's so diverse as far as like, like n- not just focusing on specifically the beer geeks or, or whatever. Like, it's more like sure. Yeah. I mean, um, I can give you one example. Um, nationally, the Brewers Association, who I talked about before, they released state market by market numbers on on things like. Um, the percentage of women involved in craft beer, um, in, in craft beer drinking, and yeah. so uh, I think this it was somewhat disappointing. But I, I, I got another statistic that makes it makes sense for us. Uh, in general, in Arizona, seventy five it's seventy five percent men and twenty five percent women. Okay, and um, I'm like everything I go to is way different. Yeah, um, and and that just speaks to the larger market, right? Sure. Yeah, okay. Um, but I will tell you at, at at our events, Real Wild and Woody Strong Beer, the two primary ones that we do in the valley here, um, it is fifty eight to forty two. Really? So oh, okay. if you're an advertiser or yeah. <laughs> I want to sponsor, <laughs> we are hitting. Uh, we are we are making a serious net in that female demographic in terms yeah. of being um, something um, that they want to participate in and be a part of, and that makes sense because we're you know those our festivals. Yes, it's beer, but it's it's experiential. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, again, it's a spectacle. I mean, um, it's not often you get to see um, such an outlay of, of, of great breweries, and you know some from out of state too. We we are open with that um, collaborations. Um, 
people being creative and just putting out a mix of, uh, in the case of Real Wild and Woody, Real, Cascales, Wild, uh, American Sour, Woody, Barrel Age. Um, so, you know, there's that. I just totally went off the fact uh, uh, off of uh, <laughs> the fifty eight forty two. Oh yeah, yeah, that's where. Yeah, <laughs> ah, sorry. Uh, so yeah, the we have diversity. Speaker, yeah. you, um, <laughs> we have the uh, chief economist from the the National Beer Distributors uh, National Beer Wholesalers Association yeah. uh, Association um, to provide uh, uh, you know some of these statistics and show us where the market's going. Um, on, on, on the Brewers Association side, most of us are used to hearing from Bart Watson. Um, Brilliant guy, uh, always uh, has some um, great commentary and, and, and in-depth analysis for us. So it'll be nice to hear from the distributor side because they have an important role to play. There's a lot of volume being moved by them. Some of them are Arizona breweries. Some of them are our friends. Um, others not. But, you know, uh, we, we need everybody to uh, – where we can all do well, we're gonna, it's going to help us. Yeah. Um, and so he's got a perspective on, on that. But I think – People will be surprised how much we share in common. Um, uh, we have um, some uh, national salesperson, uh, Anna Nadazdi, who's worked with Sierra Nevada, New Belgium. Um, she's spending a few days here to work with uh, a certain very large brewery. Uh, yeah. So she's going to share some of her time with us to talk about building sales teams. Um, on the brewing side, we've got uh, people to talk about uh, uh, um, different um, microflora yeast cultures. Uh, we've got uh, another barrel program. Um, it's it's dubbed Barrel 101, but I, I guarantee it's not uh, going to be that rudimentary. <laughs> um, we've got uh, 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 just a whole host of uh, small things like that. So if you're if you're not sure about getting in the industry or if you're opening a brewery. Um, or wanting to know more about that, um, to hang out all day with industry professionals, uh, one twenty-five on a Friday um, when most of your office people are probably out on vacation anyway. They won't even know you're gone. Right? Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Hit that up, azbrewcon.com. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, there's, there's, it, it is a part of. There's another event that's all industry for for sampling uh, of Arizona beer, wine, and spirits. That's on Thursday. Um, I can't really talk too much about that on a podcast but if if people are in the re on the retail side or if you're a winery or a distillery and you want to take part in that let me know um so basically if you if you produce some sort of, of beverage or Arizona, if you're yeah. a place that has some sort of beverage that you have yep. available yeah then yeah that's what we're there to do hook everybody up yeah um so uh it's a great week uh even though it's uh blisteringly hot in july yeah <laughs> um we're still here open for business doing stuff and um wow sorry man i'm just rattling you're off. good man. i had like you three good. cups of coffee and, <laughs> yeah. and now I'm, I'm topping it off with a little beer right. so that's right right well well we still got uh an hour and a half to go rob so uh, <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> you covered everything okay let's go back and cover everything in more detail now uh no. <laughs> So well, I do want to ask you more about Real yeah. Wild and Woody. So um, I know in the past, and I've never been to Real Wild and Woody, so okay. I, I'm excited to go this year, okay. first time. But there was a you guys bringing the trees. Is that something that's still that's yeah, still going? Yeah. Okay. So we, um, um, you can imagine any convention space. Have you been to you've been to Comic Con? You were at Comic Con, right? No, I've never been to Comic Con either. Okay, I've been to some conventions. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, the really you know large conventions that are backed by a lot of money yeah i mean there's banners hanging and and, and yeah. you know there's every booth is decorated and there's pipe and drape and then there's like you know 
um, you know, giant constructed booths and right. stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just not what we do. I mean, yeah. we're just happy to have a roof over our head and some yeah. air conditioning <laughs> yeah. for this festival. So, you know, we're trying to we're trying to make you know that that basement warehouse thing look you know good. Yeah. Um. So we we we've uh, worked with Moon Valley, um, to to um, uh, buy and then um, give back the trees to the city of Phoenix. Um, they've been mostly putting them back into Steel Union School Park, and I'm I'm here to say that, you know, over four years now, we probably haven't put a huge dent in, yeah, and <laughs> what's going on there. But yeah. it's it's something that we we do. So they um, all been have been going to Steel Indian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I I would prefer them to go um, out in the city streets where I don't know if you noticed, but there a lot of the you see the great work and then you see the hole where the tree was. And yeah. I don't know. There's some sort of battle with individual businesses, believe it or not, cutting them down because it, uh, it yeah. obstructs their signage or whatever. Yeah. So um, I don't want to even get involved in that. But that was the <laughs> right. intent is to have them downtown because we, um, the board, myself, um, the people who really shape these events, we really feel like um, we should build a strong core downtown Phoenix. It's only going to make everything else better. We want to be able to attract the best conventions. Um, We want to have more downtown street life. And I think if you're paying attention, um, there are more restaurants downtown. There are more things put together. Yeah. Um, I can't, uh, I can't do enough to, to get rid of those vacant lots necessarily, but you know, we're, we're, we'll get there. Um, you know, the goal is to really compete on the level where we can get the Brewers Association um, to have their uh, um, uh, craft brewers conference. Yeah. Which would have be 15,000 uh, professional brewers in town um, for From four or five countries. Yeah. Like Oliver, yeah. So, I mean, um, this is a long game. I mean, this is a potentially could be a 10 or 15 year project in which we're five years in yeah i'm hoping um there's a window coming up that we might qualify for um um so we're we're trying to show a that we can run a convention style event that there are no legal issues i think we've established that um we want to have good working relationships and partnerships and smooth out a lot of rough edges so when this is go time we're ready to go um we want to you know make businesses around the convention center aware that this is a potential and um um you know they're all excited about things like the Super Bowl and the Final Four. This is something that we hope to to build some excitement about and and um, you know really um, provide um, together collective a message and a and a and a, and a, uh, a set of resources to help build up um, Phoenix's downtown. Yeah. Um, you know when we have uh, more of a footprint and our we have a festival around Tucson. It's the Baja Beer Festival. Uh, we've re- relocated that to downtown. Um, uh, there were reasons why we didn't have it downtown before, but we're committed to that. And so, by the same token, um, we want to build up uh, and 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 support that concentration. There's a lot more breweries down there than there are in downtown Phoenix. So yeah. we're committed to that. Um, we've got a team right now working on a, on, a, on a Flagstaff event or Northern Arizona event. Um, I imagine the same philosophy will go towards that. Um, you know, we're really about showing what we collaborate on and, and the power of us working together. Um, how that translates to uh, good things through the rest of the state is, is what we're really about. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many good locations. Like you mentioned Tucson, you mentioned Flagstaff. Uh, when we did the Arizona Food and Beer, Arizona Food and Wine event in Gilbert, same mm-hmm. thing. Like you don't really have that. You're getting that in downtown Phoenix. You're getting that where you can walk from location to location. But but there's, you know, depending on how picky you are, everything is an Uber right away to the next spot, right? Sure. And, and you want it to be where people can go from spot to spot and and i think uh what is it uh wilderness uh is it santan state 48 they're all getting downtown locations now right or in um, the process of trying yeah state 48 is um reality it should sometime this summer we should see some sort of opening on, okay. on nice. van buren uh close to uh um i can't remember the music venue but it's 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 in it's in that near west How's that Crescent Ballroom? There you go, Crescent. Okay, yeah. I'm drawing a blank. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right over there. Um, I'm not sure where Wilderness's project is at right now. I think it was scoped out a little bit further in the future, but that's yeah. close to Angel's Trumpet and um, Film Bar, which a lot of people overlook. And now uh, is that Cobra Arcade there? Yeah. Um, yeah, cool little nexus of things. And then, um, you know, the one of the OG places was Carly's back in the day who – Used to have a great Trappist lineup, but it wasn't supported at the time, and uh, so that went away. So hopefully, um, you know, there's a lot of great businesses down there. Um, what was the other one you uh, mentioned? Oh, Santan's actually on. on uh, it's already done on, on Bethany Home. Oh, uh, that okay. For some reason, I was thinking they were going downtown too, but uh, uh, yeah. but yeah, okay. So State Forty Eight Wilderness. Um, yeah. but there's, that's there's cool. another brewery down there called uh, uh, Grand Avenue, which I'm not sure oh, where yeah. they're at. They've been in slow motion open mode uh, for a long time. Uh, the owner. John has a different business, and he's sort of taking his time extricating him from that other business. And, and um, he's he's literally in no rush, and then he's in a rush, and then he's yeah. in a rush. So. <laughs> well, because I did, yeah, because I followed him, and there was a time mm-hmm. where it, was like, it felt like it was just like a month away. Right. And then that's that's been several months. I'm excited because it looks like the pictures I've seen looks like a right. beautiful place. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, things are happening. Um, you know, what uh, – you know the challenges right now are are uh, are uh, any kind of uh, uh, change in our, our business atmosphere obviously is going to uh, yeah. slow things down or, or keep things on on the pace we're at. We have seen a, a slowdown in some of the openings. We were on a fifteen or, or twenty per year clip for a while. Okay, uh, like this from like what two thousand eleven? Yeah, up until like seventeen, sixteen. Yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, um, you know. Um, you know, I'm 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 expecting to hear some updates from um, Desert Monks out in Gilbert. Nice. Uh, the Sedona Beer Company is uh, open yeah. soon. We, we took a visit over there. Paul and I, uh, we, um, they're poised to um, have a cool little local place that maybe um, will grow over time on the tourist side. It, it's not in the touristy area per se. It's kind of up the hill a little yeah, bit, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then they've got a great patio. Um, um, excited for them. Um, you know. Loco Patron um, has uh, a brewery that I guess they're just uh, plumbing their glycol right now. Oh, nice. And they'll have a lager program, which I'm excited about, because yeah. I've always felt like the, the Vienna lager, Mexican lager thing could be done well here. Um, we'll see if they got the chops to do it, and maybe um, – I, 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 we already know um, places like Rent House are dabbling in the lagers, and yeah. um, so we know that, that people enjoy them, and they like them well done, obviously. Right. Right. Um, I was just out um, to Edge of the World Brewing Company in Colorado City. Literally at the edge of the world, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a short four-hour drive from Flagstaff. Yeah. Oh, four from Flagstaff. Okay, yeah. That's a trip. Because you got to go around the canyon, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Turns out you can fly to St. George and rent a car and be there in like an hour, 45 oh, or two really? hours. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, there's some great hiking up there. Uh, what they've told me is uh, as some of the southern uh, Utah parks, uh, national parks, get crowded, um, there's some equally stunning hikes uh, on the you know, the uh, Arizona side and, and the, the near Utah side. Okay. So they're getting some of that kind of um, – uh, things going on. I, 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 one of these days we should get them on, even if we have to remote them in. Um, yeah. um I might make it. Yeah. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to tell the stories they were telling me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cause I don't want to spoil it. Okay. But, uh, yeah. uh, they, they basically, uh, w- the one things they want us to know down here on the other side of the world yeah, or yeah. in the world <laughs> is that one, um, the fundamentalist, uh, LDS really wasn't that big of a, um, they weren't the largest group of people in that city. It just so happened that they took over the city council and Colorado city. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and, and so, uh, that's no longer the case. Wow. There are a lot of people who enjoy beer up there. Okay. Um, and, and that's who they're catering to. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like all the, you know, if you're casually listening, all you hear is FLDS, this FLDS, yeah. that it's <laughs> not. Um, uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're, if you have a reason to go there, or if you're interested in hiking out there, I'd say it's a good stop. Um, they're very small. Okay. Um, they had one beer on that they had brewed, and they're working with a very small system. Um, but they're so encouraged that they're looking at other locations to, to really scale it up. But it was a, it was a, uh, it was a porter, and it was literally spot on Black Butte porter. Wow. Nice, uh, dry, uh, little ashy finish to it like i'm I'm not sure how familiar with that beer but it is it was like this is excellent yeah so talking about the deschutes the yeah 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 uh so uh their rendition of it was spot on nice and and you know they told me what it was and i drank it and i'm like yeah it was but i would have recognized that that is a sort of a landmark beer for me that that beer so i i would have picked up on it right away anyway why why is that a landmark beer for you you know, I, I, I just think, uh, um, I think I, I started in the pre-craft days um, drinking Guinness and um, and then getting into some of the other English-style porters and stouts. And I think Deschutes, I think theirs was just really nice and dry and crisp. Okay. And, um, you know, I, th- there's something to be said for American interpretations of styles. Um you know, I have been to Belgium, but sometimes I actually like the American interpretations because they're sometimes drier. Um, um, I don't know. I'm just a yeah. a, a, a fan of that beer, and, and, and you know, I visited. I, I've in 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 the time be- be- before I just started in a career in in beer, and, and since after I've got to know Gary Fish from uh, Deschutes. Um, so. Um, just like anything else, it's like, yeah, the beer has to taste good, but if you have some sort of connection in yeah. some way, it really makes it, seals it for you. Yeah. Well, then that's interesting that they had, a, they only had one beer on tap and it was a porter. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a interesting because usually it's like a pale ale or maybe not, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, um, I'm not going to speak for them. I, I think, you know, the water chemistry and uh, doing things at scale, going from, um, homebrewers to production or larger scale. I think that's a tough one sometimes. And so, you know, maybe they don't want to, maybe they want to work on that a little bit before they release stuff in in that area. I think, I think uh, just like you find in the distilling world, um, 
start with clear alcohols because you don't have that. You don't have to sit <laughs> in yeah. a barrel for a lot of time <laughs> to find out you made a mistake. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, true. I think that's just the natural progression. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm going to have to take a trip up there then. That'll be that'll be a nice little family vacation. Go up there, do some hiking, you know, Yeah. And tell my wife, oh, you know what? I think there might be a brewery <laughs> right over here. Go figure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have an, I have an appointment at 1 o'clock to do a podcast with them too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, all right, Rob, well, anything else you want to share? We've got Real Wild and Woody coming up uh, July 28th. Uh, the day before is the AZ BrewCon. Yep. Um, anything else? No, I think that's, I think that's it. Um, right. You know, I'm going to take a week off in august and uh go see the world a little bit and then we're getting ready for gabf in in, in september as nice. you know we've had some recent good showings from some of our breweries on uh, world beer cup and gabf i hope the streak continues um uh we've got some um uh, in, internally uh, in the industry we have some um food writers coming to town for a conference in in september um uh, and then it's just, uh, you know, literally as soon as uh, Real Wild and Woody's done, we're already going to start talking about strong beer in, in February. So Yeah. Uh, no rest, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> one week. But I guarantee you on that one week, you won't be completely shut off either. No. No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Well, Rob, always a pleasure, man. Appreciate it. Um, what's the – is it um, – Choose AZ Brews. Choose AZ Brews will get you um, all the breweries that we have uh, in our guild right now, um, which is close to 100. It, if you're counting actual breweries, it's over uh, in other locations. It's over 100. It's 110, 15. Um, Real Wild and Woody, or just Real Wild Woody, will get you to, to Real Wild Woody. Okay. Um, dot com. Um, I'm pretty sure if you just typed it into Google, you'd it'd be the first result anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, we we actually have. Federally trademarked uh, Arizona Strong Beer, Real Wild Woody, Arizona Craft Brewers Guild, Choose AZ Brews. Um, nice. Trying to keep our intellectual property and, and events um, uh, within our breweries in, instead of um, getting lost in, in whatever what else is doing. So, um, And then azbrewcon.com will get you the conference. And if you are a retailer and you want to go to the place where we're sampling out over 50 different breweries wineries and distilleries um you can hit me up um director at craftbeeraz.com all right beautiful sir for all those questions everybody just flood rob's <laughs> inbox paul and helps if you with see that. me if you see me uh so say hello I, I think people i can't this maybe happens to you now yeah you know i saw you a couple weeks ago and you look busy and i uh, and like i finally want to introduce myself I'm like why don't you just do it I'm like well you're talking something like well I don't know. They, I, don't know yeah, I probably wanted to get away from that conversation, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, they might want to meet you too. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, we'd all like to talk, so yeah, uh, do that. And um, also, if you see me, I might have some tickets for Real Wild Woody at a at, without having to pay the online charges because ah. that is something that you know. There was a thing on Twitter like, tell some what are some secrets about the industry that no one else knows uh, the secret is all these events you have if, if you're doing them within the context of a convention center or something like that there are a thousand things that you agree to when you do an event there and one of them is using a particular ticketing agency and then all the fees involved and uh. and um yeah so if you see me i might have some straight up 50 dollar tickets to real long what do you know with none of those added costs or yeah. anything like yeah. that yeah you'd save about 16 dollars 
So. You might have opened up a can of worms with that one. You're going to get rushed at the next. That's oh, okay. I've circuit. got a square <laughs> reader, and um, I, I, uh, I'll, I'll have some extra walking around money for change. Beautiful, beautiful. Rob, always a good time, man. All right. Um, all right. Uh, tap at AZ, tap that AZ podcast on Instagram. Um, also, Arizona Food and Beer um, is uh, another organization I'm, I'm part of, uh, co founder of with Eric Murko. And we're actually planning an event up in uh, Flagstaff, August 11th. So, pretty excited about that. I went up yesterday, hit up some places, and keep an eye on that. August 11th, taste about Flagstaff. Um, and follow us. Keep drinking good Arizona beer. And always remember, stay awesome.